I don't care if kids learn to read and write. I don't care. I care that they learn to love to read and write. Because if you leave out the love part, then you will have what America has, which is not an illiteracy problem. It's an illiteracy problem. It's not that people can't read that's the problem. It's that they don't read that's the problem. And what I would say in a school thing is there are two things I would like to get across. One is learning is fun and thinking is fun. My name is Yulia. I'm an executive function coach and I help families learn better systems for getting along and getting stuff done. And this is my dear friend, John Pearson. Uh, John and I get together and just uh, dive into rabbit holes of conversation. John, the topic I wanted to explore with you today is about systems. And one system that you and I have both uh, worked hard in our lifetimes to influence, uh, you longer than I, I'll give you that. Uh, is the school system, the public schooling and education system uh, in, the, in the U.S. And um, we're going to talk about and explore the themes of, of systems and, um, and how, honestly, how the school system is failing our, our kids and how it's, it's really a failure of imagination and failure of creativity. Um, so I'd love to pick your brain on that. And I, I'd love for you to introduce yourself just very briefly so that uh, people know who I'm talking to and why you're the perfect person to have this particular conversation with. Well, thank you, Yulia. Uh, yeah, I am John Pearson, and uh, I'm an educator. I'm also a writer and an artist uh, and a speaker, um, but I've been an educator for many, many years. Um, um, I've been in the classroom, but I've been out of the classroom. I've done a lot of presentations on how the brain, uh, how, the, how, you, how, you, how your brain learns best, actually, and using drawing tactics and other creative learning tactics for uh, children, grown-ups, anyone to learn things faster and more personally and, and more profoundly. So I've been in the creativity field and in the creative learning field for a very long time and done lots and lots of talks, lots of uh, places. I was a featured speaker, fe I can't, I was a featured speaker at the California Teachers Association recently, if I may brag. That, you should, yeah. That adds anything to this introduction. And I've been uh, to your presentations, and I have to say, like, the entire room, including myself, were giggling and cheering and laughing and standing up and applauding uh, what you're saying. You, you make it very fun, and you, that's, right. that's kind of the, your whole point, is to show that learning doesn't have to be a chore and boring and hard work. We don't have to sit up straight and focus and take notes and pass the test. Right. We can actually learn a ton uh, through play. Yeah, that's right. And when, when Yulia says, I, I think I can mention this, that the, 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 the educational system uh, is, is a failure or in many ways a failure. It's not entirely a failure, obviously. Uh, that isn't bad news, uh, paradoxically. It's actually kind of good news. And why it's good news is it's got a lot that can be more joyful and more effective um, that people can do uh, within the system to 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 break out of the system from within the system, if you will. So it's not everything in education is bad and I'm proposing something that nobody's thought of. It's no, it's, I'm proposing things that people have known forever uh, and really work that are fun. And that I believe education is fun and can be fun and thinking can be fun and, and is fun. And education can, rather than be a large mechanism for getting people to uh, be enslaved to some sense of I got to do well and look good so I can get a good job and earn lots of money. That that kind of institutional uh, 
miter box or whatever you want to call it, uh, that, that you can actually have it be, no, I, I, those things are great. Earning money is great. Good jobs are great. Doing well is great. Hard work is, is good. But I want to know who you are and I want to develop self-awareness and I want to develop imagination in service to, uh, intellect in service to imagination and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But it's basically, there's nothing that cannot be done creatively. And at any given moment in our lives, we can stop whatever we're feeling and connect with some sense of joy that we once had as, as children, you know, before we got locked into any system or any identity or any I'm this and you're that. And we can do that all the time. And when we develop happy people, and I don't just mean happy because they're airheads, I mean because they feel joy and are amazed by the obvious and by things all around, then they can find out what they really want to learn and what they really do well and how they do it well. And then they can have a kind of double-mindedness. Yes, they can do their homework. Yes, they can turn things in on time. Yes, they can play the game. But they realize that they're much bigger than a, a game called school. They're a, a game called me and life and joy and love. And what do I do best? What do I love to do? And how do I do it better? So my mission in, in everything I do in my short stories and my art is basically to not take myself so seriously and realize that there's a bigger game and the bigger game is enjoy things, enjoy life, go out of your mind. By mind, I mean that little voice that says you have to do this, you have to do that. But get bigger than that little voice in your head that says you have to be perfect or the world will fall apart. No, you already are perfect. I love that, John. And it's funny because uh, this interview comes as a series of interviews that I'm having with uh, teenage boys. And, yeah, uh, and, tough and, time. Yeah, and you know what their experience is now through this this weird time of the coronavirus and and being kind of stuck inside the house and uh, what are their thoughts about you know what they're doing for school and all that so you're I'm pulling you into this series because I think at heart you're you're really only just an eight-year-old boy <laughs> yeah, it's true so you get to represent the perspective of, of kids and how they feel and really validate some of their their feelings around school and the yeah. system that they're in and that they're navigating and, and that's my purpose as a coach I want to be the voice for the kids who can't speak for themselves, who may yeah. act out uh, because they they can't contain all their fear or, or anger or emotions, and it comes out sideways through through behavior that doesn't serve them. And you know, rather than parents punishing them or rewarding them to to try to coerce them into fitting in or fitting the system or doing better, I want to be a voice for them so that they could feel heard and seen and understood. And, and you and I, we relate on that level. Yeah, that absolutely. We want to look at kids and see beyond the grades, beyond the test scores, beyond their potential, beyond their productivity, and really see the whole child for who they are and help them embrace themselves and, and help them develop a love of learning and a love of thinking and a love of creativity and imagination so that ultimately they can go and be uh, the change that we want to see. Uh, they could right. reimagine a better future for themselves and reimagine better systems because whether we know it or not, all of us are governed by a, a set of systems that govern right. our lives. And if we are unaware, if we are blind to that, then we're going to be trapped. <laughs> we're going to be in the prison of, of our minds and of these systems that that are really designed to to make us behave a certain way. And that is compliant and productive. 
Right. Uh, Compliant so, and productive. If, if that, if productive even. Yeah. And the other thing I want to add to that, Yulia, is that uh, these are not only good ideas that you share and that I actually share, but they're also practical ideas. Right. It's not just a great idea or a great direction to go in, but it's, they're also they're very practical things. I think that's your special secret sauce. You have lots of practical things, and, and I do as well, is that how to do this on a practical level with actual activities and so on. Right. So I think, you know, our conversation is going to go into a lot of different places and it might seem abstract at times and we might be going off tangents, but that's the process that you and I have is we, we get to circle around a theme and play in the freedom of, of our imaginations. And ultimately, at the end, we come to some very practical, applicable things that help people live better lives. And, and that's why I love um, having these conversations with you. So I'm excited to Likewise. follow the journey yeah. yeah, and see where we come out. And maybe none of it makes sense. And, uh, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, people will get what they get. As I mentioned before, uh, I'm I'm working on a series of interviews with teenage teenagers and so far it's teenage boys because that it just tends to be the the population I work with most often is teenage boys and their parents. Um, They tend to be maybe a little more defiant, uh, strong willed, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But, you know, you mentioned something that I heard from a 16 year old, which is. Uh, something their teacher had mentioned to them and it really stuck to them and they they changed the way they approach school once they heard this philosophy and the the teacher said basically it is and uh, this is one of the interviews that we'll be recording uh, and we'll be diving deep into the subject about recognizing that the system that they're do that with your hand (laughs) recognizing that the system that they are navigating um, is a system and it's, yeah. it's, they have to play the game in a sense. So uh, externally, their behaviors need to meet the expectations of the system of the game. But what this student said really stuck with me was that play the game, but, but make up your own rules. That's a great thought. That's a very good thing. And That's play, a wise kid. Yeah. yeah, very wise kid. And he said, play it your way. So in a sense, he was saying, I'm not going to lose myself in the system. I'm still going to make it meaningful for me, but I'm going to play the game so that I get the outcome that's in my ultimate best favor. Well, that's that's all you need to know forever, right? I mean, in school, just play the game, but play it your way. You know, we yeah. know the, learn. I think that's a very important um, point because otherwise things become distinctions, this or that. In other words, follow your heart, do whatever you want. Okay, but sometimes that's not right. So, so oh, and versus the other, you know, you got to pay attention constantly. And the truth is there's a, there's a blend of both. In other words, kids who can realize, oh, I got it. It isn't, I get to, I have to be a renegade and do my own thing and blow up the classroom thing, or I got to be perfect, Mrs. Miss, nice, nice, whatever. No, I can actually portray what they want because I'm smart and I get it. And secretly uh, be in my own huge interior world, have a huge world. And I, that's actually described how I've lived most of my life is like, okay, because I found it impossible to be bored. I mean, I get bored for a moment and I think, no, it's just boredom is interesting. Mm-hmm. or people are interesting or, or, or people, things like, somebody once said something about finding your values, which also ties in. And, and, and I forget who it was cause I can't give him credit, but some guy 10 years, 15 years ago, 
He had a system. He said, you want to find your values, two things. What gives you goosebumps? What do you really get jazzed and excited about? A, and B, what really, really pisses you off? And I thought, what a great, a great duo to find out. What do you get excited about in love? And what, you know, so I get excited about imagination and creativity and everything is amazing. And, and my resting state could be joy. You know, even if things suck out here, I could still have an interior inviolable joy, call it God, call it love, call it whatever. And what pisses, well, Trump pisses me off. They're like, and there are many things that really, really, and, and we say, well, you shouldn't be angry. No, you, you should be angry, but find out what, but get behind angry into, see, hate doesn't work. Anger works. I can hate Trump, but what is that? So march, do stuff, write, do something, you know, but, but hate just goes in a circle, but anger. And so what are you angry about? I, I, in my spiritual thing, it seems like nobody's supposed to ever get angry. You know, I think this is completely stupid. Where, where I'm angry shows what really matters. I'm still angry about slavery of, of, in the eight, think about 1858 my god and then think about now i mean it's still it's just there's, there's, there's all kinds of slavery and and when i see children who are enslaved and i think that is the world they're they're enslaved they see every study ever done on creativity which slash equals joy is that little five-year-olds all over the world are happy and off-the-charts divergent thinking. In other words, that you can ask them to do something, they'll think of 50 ways to do it. Then they go into, they're five, then they go into kindergarten. And by, by the time they're six, the curve, the, 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 uh, you know, the creativity curve, the divergent thinking thing plummets. It just drops. And everywhere you look in America, every study, and, and probably all over the world. So I'm thinking, look, what we have to be, this is not rocket science. So when children didn't know who they were supposed to be equals who they are, but were just there, God, they didn't have any walls on their mind. They, they, they were creative and they, they went out of their quote mind. They didn't establish an identity slash mind, which ran them and turned in, they, they didn't turn their, they used their imagination to get out of their mind, the normal way of thinking, i.e. mind. And they didn't turn into what grownups have turned their imagination into, which is fear-based, you know, inner critic. So most grownups use their imagination to wonder what's going to go wrong. And most little kids are just playing. See, if you were four and the house burned down and the pets were out of the house and your dad and mom were safely on the lawn and your brother, everyone's accounted for. Right. I mean, your, your parents, oh my God, we've lost everything. And a kid... What is that? Shit, look at the blaze. Oh, the, 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 the flame, the funny flame. Look at that. Oh, look at that, mom. It's, well, it's not cool that you have to pay for it. So what happens is we get so much responsibility, which we have, but you can have both of those. And you can even do like five minutes of creativity out of every 60-minute hour. Just five minutes to say, look, the game we're learning now to do well, sit there, tell and do a test, is only a game. I used to train sixth graders to learn a handful of really good vocabulary words so that over the summer, if they wanted to get, pick up some summer job, I said, look, you don't have to be smart to seem smart. Here's how we seem smart. See, if you were, just drop it in. No, no, so my God, what a smart kid. It costs you nothing, and you can, uh, a phrase, uh, you undoubtedly, use the word undoubtedly, you undoubtedly want a punctual worker. Undoubtedly, my God, this kid's hired. Otherwise, ah, buddy, I like, I like, I want to I work for you, Mr. So-and-so. 
Well, use a word or a phrase. My God, that kid is really something. No, they're not. They used to flip and fray. See, learning that game, you know, maybe sit up, maybe for the, hey, here's a cool thing for kids who want to just hate school. First day of school, you just be perfectly on point. Tuck your shirt in, sit up straight, ask questions, don't ask questions. Whatever is perfect in what you figure the, the teacher will be that for about a week. Then you've established you are a great kid. Now, do whatever that you want, because now you're a great kid. The trunk of the tree is great kid, and the branches, ah, he's having a bad day, and he's tucking his shirt, he's, he's sloppy, and he's, he's irreverent, but he's a great kid, as opposed to, think about this, you know, you're a mess up, you know, the, ah, then you're a lousy, you're, now you try to get, turn that ship around, you can't, because you're basically, you know, a messed up kid who doesn't pay attention, who's lazy, who hates school, who hates teachers, who hangs with a peer group that hates teachers. You can't get past that because that'll take like months of really hard work and, you know, silly. Just, no, just first be complimentary, you know, forget over I hate school and get over all notion of being cool. If you want to be dumber, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you for letting me riff. I hope that answers something about being a kid, you know, being an eight-year-old. Gorilla learning. Yeah, learn your own gorilla, you know, gorilla. I, I used to say to kids, I said, how, I'd, I'd say this to fifth graders, I'd say, you know, how many of you would like to have a really, really great childhood? You know, and they, all hands, yeah, yeah. How would you like to know a simple, that'll just guarantee? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And it's so, I can, I, it's like a sentence. It's a sentence long. It's nothing. Yeah, and they're all like, can, it's like, waiting. it's feeding them like, Shark foods, like there are the little mouths. Yes, yes, yes. A great childhood. It's very simple. It's very simple. Just keep this in mind. Anticipate your parents' every need. Mm. That was, and then, then, the, then the energy would go, the only energy would leave. Oh, God, no. I said, but no, 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 no. But, 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 wait a second. You know you're going to have to clear the table. You know you're going to have to take out the garbage. So rather than do that being dragged, do it ahead of time. Oh, mom, can I get you a fork? Uh, and it, the truth is, you're not going to do any more work, but you will have so much free time spent, and they'll buy you that horse you always wanted. Because, because, <laughs> whoa, because, wow. And, and important, you know, and help your sister. You know, just, you hate your sister. Then help, do something out of the blue. Just, I brought you a gift. I made you a collab. It's not my birthday. And it seems to me that you're three years younger than me. You hate me. Well, I... You know, we've had, we've, here's the way, we've had our differences. I right? just, we've had our differences, but here, here's a car. And you drew a motorcycle exploding. So some of you drew, you, some you did, and said, love, Tina, with like a load, and you narrowly escaped the motorcycle. Oh, hey, you know, just see, work, make it work. It's a great topic. Follow the game, know the game, follow the game, but know that, but do it your way. Otherwise you will be banging your head against lots of things and you'll be angry a lot fruitlessly. I mean, just fruitlessly. <laughs> going, just tying everything back into the, just the failure of the school system as it is yes. now. Because you and I, we share uh, a lot of the same values when it comes to the purpose of school, the meaning of school, um, and how the system now is designed, like you said, uh, to kind of kill and stifle divergent thinking and imagination and creativity and, and self-reflection and self-reflection. So we don't get to learn about 
our emotions and our senses and how our brains work, we basically are told that there's a certain amount of content we have to memorize so that we regurgitate it, so that we get good grades and good test scores so that we can get a job and earn a living. And that's the purpose of education. So it seems as though it is systematically uh, designed uh, to do the opposite of what you and I are talking about, which is to engage the senses and to create critical thinkers and um, to create students who uh, who are systems thinkers who can bring their individuality and their talents um, in order to influence and and uh, change the system. To me, the uh, education, the main purpose of it is to become aware of the systems that are governing our lives and to influence those systems so that we make them work for us. And part of that takes some anger. It takes some defiance. It takes um, some opposition. Uh, and I believe those qualities are great, uh, but but the number one complaint where I'm hired as a coach, where I'm working with families, is uh, that you know my kid isn't following the rules, or they're not accepting my limitations, and they are oppositional, and and they're not doing what they should be doing. They're not doing what they should be. Now, can I jump in? Yeah. <laughs> Content is good. Context is everything. Mm. In other words, we have some content to learn. Okay, good. You're going to learn your content, but context is more important. If you learn science, but you also learn to hate science, or if you learn history, but you learn it's boring and, and, it's, and you hate it, then what have you learned? You've, mm -hmm. The content was I learned about, um, I don't know, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, but I, I hate it. I couldn't care less. I don't like the guy. I hate all of history. I hate all the. So often, much of school isn't. And, and I, I've said this to many education groups. I said, I don't care if kids learn to read and write. I don't care. I care that they learn to love to read and write. Because if you leave out the love part, then you will have what America has, which is not an illiter illiteracy problem. It's an illiteracy problem. It's not that people can't read that's the problem. It's that they don't read that's the problem. And what I would say in a school thing is there are two things I would like to get across. One is learning is fun. And thinking is fun. I was a philosophy major. I had to do some really heavy duty thinking. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. Now, not everyone had my parents, my upbringing, my genetics, my socioeconomic, what, all that stuff. But you could take a poor kid and say, you know, thinking is fun. Learning is fun. I would start with that. I would start with learning is fun. Now, if you think, oh, it isn't, I hate it, then that's just a red flag. That's a happy red flag. Oh, good. I'm glad that you don't like it because it sounds like you have some real passion here. See, if you don't like something and you really disagree with me, that's great news because you got some juice behind that. So I so said, let's, let's do a couple of tweaks here and find out what did you want because you want something. Mm -hmm. And once you learn it, hey, that was fun. Well, interesting because what you're saying is so counterintuitive. When parents hear from their kids that this is boring or I don't like it, their response isn't, oh, great. I'm so glad you have a passionate opinion about this. Let's talk about it. It's immediately uh, discounting their emotions, telling them that, you know, it doesn't matter what you think. Uh, you have to do this because you have to do that other thing. So 
you know, a lot of what we talk about, you and I, it, it seems impractical and abstract and yeah it's about imagination and fun and joy and genius and all that but in a very practical sense what you're talking about right here is so important i want to emphasize it that how you respond to your child's defiance or to their emotion makes the difference between having a good outcome versus a negative outcome which is um, if you celebrate their defiance if you celebrate their uniqueness their passionate um, opposition to you and if you explore that and dive into their resistance and get to know why behind it and get to know who your child is you will uh, be able to understand them enough and 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 create a system that works for them that intrigues them that gets them to think for themselves and that changes their relationship to what they're doing but if you discount um, their feelings and try to force them to just focus harder and work harder uh, you, and you don't have a good enough reason why they should be doing it, then you're less likely to get that outcome anyway. No, and I think it's a very, very good point. Uh, and, and you're really good at all of those things. I say if I were doing a book on all of this, I would say it comes down to, it comes down to principles, practices, and attitudes. It's one thing to say imagination is important and intellect is, is the child of imagination, not the other way around. But how do you do that? Well, I've developed 8 million activities to do exactly that. You've, you've developed a ton of things. So it isn't that you have the awareness to do that. The principles, in, in your own case, and, and mine too, uh, is that, the, that you have a bag of tricks. You have a lot of things you can do and, you, and, and, and some things that really, really work. And you have a basic attitude mm -hmm. that says, look, I want this kid to be seen. I just want you, whoever I'm talking to, to really be totally, you know, if, if, if God shows up, Jesus, or whoever God is, sat down, you know, if, if Jesus, you know, sat down with you and said, oh, John, can I borrow the chair? I, I know you're talking to Yulia. Hi, Yulia. I would feel, my sense is, my sense was, my overall sense is, my God, I feel totally seen. I, you can see every nook and cranny of me, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. That's the important part. I see all of you, and it's okay. Not only okay, it's fabulous so now you know i just i'm not going to wait for jesus i'm just going to invent jesus do it i said well gee if i figure jesus well then why don't i just act that way so now i get to be quote jesus for you i can say oh look i i'm I, no agenda i don't want you to do well life and death are bigger than doing well and earning money jesus really talked about tax reform although we probably need it very we do need it but his thing was a spiritual thing so my point is the core thing is People, all of us, including parents. I think a lot of parents who are angry at their kids have envy. Gee, I wish someone would ask me what I wanted when I was that kid's age. No, I, they didn't. And the, and the dad's angry because he's doing a job he doesn't like. The mom is angry because she's doing what she doesn't like. They're overburdened. Uh, and, and now they got to, oh, wait, now, but now let's make it Happyville for the kid. Wait a sec. I didn't get my Happyville. I got beat up. So why does this kid get off the hook? So, okay, we got that get therapy or do journaling or but realize that when, when we talk about a kid it's also the parent mm -hmm. it's, it's also look you take care of you first parent you do fun you do happy you do what and now now have your your gas tank is full you're not on empty when you talk to your kid and that's how that works because the kid will look basically and say well is my our mom and dad happy are they doing what they see the only way you teach is you example. I mean, you can have all the great ideas from you and the cool tricks that, that you have that I have, but if they're not seeing people 
taking care of themselves and not being run ragged by their own fears, then they'll say, oh, that was kind of an interesting little fairy tale he told me about love myself, but they don't do it. Mm -hmm. It took me years of therapy of this and that to go, wait a sec, wait, I love my parents, but you know, they had problems and, and now I don't have to have their problem. But it starts with, you know, awareness. And, and basically it's backwards. In school, the system is, I don't care who you are. I want you not, not to bug me, but I want you to play by the rules, get good grades if you can, uh, go to a good school if you can, earn money if you can. But otherwise, just don't bother me and, and fit in. It's like, a, it's like a meat grinder. It's like uh, that 19th century thing of getting people for factory workers. You know, sit up straight, learn stuff, do well on the test. All that. That's all 19th century stuff. Even if they add techno everything, it's still 19th century stuff because it comes from a place, how do we make you a better citizen? Well, here's my rule, make a better you and citizen will take care of itself because it seems now we have a real problem with citizenship. You know, it, when I was a kid, it was John Kennedy, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. There was a sense of service and fun. So on the same time, people can look at kids and say, oh, they're very entitled, and now we get to have them be all they want. What do they want? What do they want? They also got to come from, it seems to me, once you get into who you really are, I said, like I said at the beginning, you want fun, and you also want to be of service. I think the words comes around. It's not all me, me, me. It's, it's also, okay, I, I got my need, but what do you want? And how do I offer some? So school, what does school do? It's It's... It's to make better people. And what's a person? A person to me is they know who they, what their talents are. They knew why they were sent here on earth, if you will. And they want to share it. And that's like it. And how do you know if you're doing that? You're happy and you come from what I call joy genius. Joy matters. Genius comes as a result of that. Talent, you can have that. And your talent can kill your genius. You got to do well. You got to then do well. But maybe your attempt to do well doesn't really get at what you really, really, really want to do, which is your genius, which I guarantee will have mystery to it. And will take reflection, self-awareness, none of the stuff they mostly teach in school, which is content and standards and, and whatever that sounds like content and standards. Yeah. And I'll add to that, you know, productivity. And productivity and, and you know, do what you're what, what's What's the word they use a lot? Uh, is this uh, appropriate? Or is, is this appropriate? Yeah. Well, if you're doing it, it's appropriate. You're pissed off, you threw a chair. It's appropriate. Well, it's an appropriate behavior. No, to some hypothetical person, it's not. You shouldn't throw a chair and it's dangerous. But you just did that. So something in you thought it was appropriate. You must be really pissed about something. So that's not bad. Well, I mean, it's bad in a way, but it's not bad. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I tell teachers, good, bad, and interesting. Don't go bad. Hit, hit the interesting. That's interesting because you're really angry. Now, if I get to why you're really interesting and I take the time to sit down and hear the story behind interesting, not just the symptom of anger, man, I'm like God showed up next and sat down and said, dude, I'm here. See, why wait for, I don't know, Jesus to come and sit? Why don't you be that, be your own Jesus and sit, I'm, maybe I'm being irreverent to the, the Christian out there, but my point is in the largest sense of that word, I am 
a Christ. I am a, I am a, you know, what does that mean? What would it, what would it look like? What would it look like if it didn't? It would mean I'm not all pent up with myself and I want you to be happy and seen and joyful and you have gifts and I want those to come out. I, I want that more than I want anything for myself at the moment, because guess what? I want that for me also. And I'm going to get that need met before I sit down with you and talk about meeting your need. If you, if you, if parents are not meeting their own needs, they're going to have a rough, rough time meeting Jimmy and Suzanne's needs because the kid knows, look, Dad, you know, you're not all that happy. So you're mm-hmm. talking about I should follow my heart. You hate 50 things a day. And, and, I, and I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just to jump in there, if, if mom and dad are so unfulfilled with life and they're so pissed off and they're so, you know, beating themselves up to get through the day and to get stuff done. And, and they, now they're going to deal with you. Right. And now you're making it harder because you're not being compliant and, and you're getting the brunt of that. You know, what is the silent message uh, that they're sending is I'm unhappy. And if you do it my way, you can be unhappy too. You know, you're not pitching it that great. Uh, why they should be more like you. You know, basically mom and dad are saying, well, you need to work hard like me and you need to pay attention like me and you need to follow the rules like me. But the kid's looking at parents and saying, well, you seem really unhappy with life. And if I'm going to do it the way you did it, then I'm not going to be happy with my life. Probably so. And no matter how successful you are, yeah, we live in a nice house and you could pay the bills and whatever, but you hate your job. I don't want to be you. So I'm going to do- Or you hate your spouse, right? Yes. And so I'm going to be the opposite of you. And I guess where oppositional behavior comes in, they're like- I'm not going to be you. I want to be me. I want my freedom. I want to do what I want to do. And they go to the extremes. You know, it's a, and it's a weird jujitsu. You do jujitsu. Your jujitsu is the kid needs to do a thing. Hey, let's there have resistance. Resistance is a good thing. Let's stop. Get to the bottom. What's, what do you resist? What's it? Get on it. See, oh, go relax. Have fun. Find out what you're good at. Get into a joy space. Bang, you'll get good ideas. Right. And so you know, prepare. John, I just want to say here that that comes from me seeing that the the kid it himself or herself has value intrinsic built-in value and that they don't have to acquire value from the grade or from the lesson or from the knowledge we are acting on the principle right that this kid is intrinsically valuable that they are already whole and that they don't need to seek happiness or value from outside themselves. And we act on that principle. And so you and I, we don't have to think about what is the strategy I'm going to use here to motivate this kid. Yeah. We don't, we don't think that way. Uh, I just wanted to mention that is that school trains kids to seek external value and to perform a certain way and get a certain outcome or else they don't have value. And that's why the entire grading system is immoral uh, <clears throat> because it, it's, it, it teaches the opposite of what we need in order to, to live our best lives. And that is to find value within ourselves rather than constantly seeking it either from our relationships or, or jobs or money or whatever grades. Um, so in a way, everything you're saying is, counterintuitive to what you know kids are taught but and what i'd like to add to that also is uh something we've alluded to again a kind of double-mindedness 
Because if I hear you say, well, you know, grades are, 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 are immoral, uh, part of me says, yeah, you're right, I got that. And part of me says, no, they're not. They're very useful. I got straight A's and it was useful. I got into good, it was good, it was good. So in other words, the double-mindedness to me is, yeah, there's something good about grades. I mean, I think so. And on the other hand, if we use grades to keep us from what we love or knowing who we are, then no, it's bad. And then in that sense, in the greatest sense, it's immoral. Um, but since, in, and in a perfect world, we wouldn't have grades and in a perfect world, but you know, we're waiting for that perfect world to come around. It may be a long wait. So the thing is, how do I have a double mindedness about that? And actually get straight with that and say, okay, look, I can get good grades. And, uh, but the point is that I'm also playing a game to do that. And that's all right. I'll, I'm not going to, I can't change. You know, if, if I want to plant my flag there, I mean, there's so many things I can plant my flag against. It's just going to take a lot of energy. So I think, okay, I want to, I want to stand up. I want to be defiant, but also I want to find out what, what, what lights me up and that I love. And the weird paradox is we don't seem to ask that question almost ever. And it's very simple. What do you like to do? You know, have fun, um, do well. And who do you look at? Th th those things light you up. So you say, oh, what gives you a 10? You know, as my friend Kyle Cease would say, what's a 10? 10 is I like I wrote, I wrote for an hour in a blitz this morning about a gunslinger, you know, and uh, he was talking about death and the nature of death and the nature of entering somebody else's mind shortly before pulling his gun. And, and, and it, was, it was goofy as ridiculous. You know, I've been thinking about death myself. So now I get to be in the, in the, in, in, in a gun. So, that's fun. So it doesn't take a whole lot to watch a kid and say, God, they really get, they really get excited doing that. So one day you, you, you stop and say, well, what, what do I really like to do? Well, I love, I love to do this, but I can't because I got to earn money to feed a family. Okay. Do it five minutes a day. Do it once a week. Do something or realize when you're pissed that you are actually pissed. And that's not bad. That's not not thinking positively. I mean, think positively all you want. That's great. But don't see to be true to myself. I got to be honest with myself so I can positive think. But if I'm not being true, I'm not honest. Something in me says, I guess this is all bogus. So um, I think wrapping this up for me, what is a kid? A kid to me is infinite. Well, I know that's goofy and whatnot, but it's infinite. And, and, and the kid has a sense of joy about the obvious like warmth and cold and this and that and the, the smell of a rock. I've asked eight-year-olds to write down what they like in life. God, it's the smell of a rock, the bottom of a turtle. It's like it's such completely simple. It's not I got into a good school. It's like a turtle, the bottom of a turtle. All of these things to me are window to something, windows to something larger, which is joy, which is the larger game. So the larger game, what I call the God game, but even an atheist could call it the science game or the, or the all game, whatever, forget the word God, just the, the, the big game. The big game is where I go out of my mind. If my mind is I got to do well and look good, which is school versus, hey, everything's interesting. Everything's amazing, even bad news, even an argument, even things not working. It's like, because you can say, what if a kid said to his dad, dad, you know, I know you want me to do the report here. And I, I, right now I got a headache. I don't want it. In fact, I hate this. Sit down, dad. What do you hate doing? Let's have a little thing about, you know, let's, let's be bro and bro here. You know, what do you, what do you hate? Be honest. You hate that? Okay, dude, you hate, what would you like to do? I, I would, you know, it would be a wild thing. Okay, cool. Go there in your mind to do that for a few seconds, right? Horseback through Russia for a moment. Okay, cool. Clapping. Okay, good. Now you're in altered state. You're in an altered state now. 
So one is the kid gets to realize that they have this infinite mind, this infinite imagination. It has nothing to do with doing well or looking good. And then they go into the school of, you know, be aware of what the rules are so you can follow those. And for parents, get your own needs met as best you can. And then for a moment, look at the miracle of your kid. And when you look at your kid's eyes, don't see problems. Yeah. See promise and possibility. That's a mystery and a miracle. They're both. I think school is about clarity and understanding. My thing was that's good. It's not far enough because you need mystery and surprise. And we all need mystery and surprise to add our clarity and understanding to it. School is all about clarity and understanding. And they leave out all the stuff about mystery and surprise. And as a result, things don't work. They backfire. They get sluggish. There's resistance. There's problems. And we have all kinds of classroom management things, which to me largely are about how to make cattle go in the right direction. And they miss something much larger. And then they wonder, gee, why is it not working? Why are teenagers angry? Why do fathers leave the house? Why? You know, why? And, and it's like, well, it's in a way, it's a toaster. They're like three things. Look at the kid. It's a miracle. It's like, it's a toaster. It's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be a drama in a, an endless story. It's a toaster. Love your wife. Love your kids. If not, love you more. Ask for what you want. Everybody's a miracle. They, even the person you hate, especially the person you hate, you know, and, and then what do you do for fun? Then do that five minutes a day. You want to be a writer? Write for fun. You want to sing? Sing in the shower. See, your kids watching you actualize you as a parent is the best all-time ever teaching device. You know, mom loved to write, but she didn't, my mom, but she didn't write all that much. Dad loved reading books and he wanted to teach, but he didn't teach stuff he wanted to teach. So I, I never saw that. But if I saw him coming home from teaching a workshop that he loved, I'd be like hugging myself. I said, my dad is like, the guy's one happy dude, man. Dad, let's. I'm so happy for you. So the most resistant, resilient, the most resistant kid is actually, and the most rebellious actually wants their parents to do happy, not well, but happy, which yeah. is not just money, it's happy. And then, ah, mom, I feel so, then the best thing you can do for your kid is find a way to get your happy going. Anyway. I love that, that's great advice. And when, when you can show up in that energy and be happy, your kid's going to start noticing like, wait a second, what the hell are you so happy about? <laughs> and how could I get some of that? Uh, yeah, exactly. And what if a kid walked into your room, which was messy and, and you expected, because it always happened that mom or dad would say, I'd like it to clean, either said, I'd like it to clean up your room or you could feel the vibe. My God, clean this place. Instead, they just walked in. And we're like beaming for no apparent reason, just beaming. And they didn't say, oh, but they said, hi, how was your day? Be with expecting no answer, just beaming. In fact, here's the thing. Don't ask anyone how their day was. Say, tell me about your day. Because the question is hard. But uh, tell me about your day. Well, then, you know, it's easy for the brain. And they just say, you're beaming. See, see, what if somebody came up to you and wanted nothing from you? And just a beaming. You'd say, gee, what are you on? Drugs? Yeah, I'm on drugs. It's called life. I'm called happy. It's called self-awareness. I'm on a drug called self-awareness. I, I didn't get into drugs. I missed that in the 60s. I think I tried one thing once. Because I just felt myself, because I, I was a kid. I got, I got excited about everything anyway. So I didn't need a drug. Gee, man, dude, how crazy that pencil is. Well, I found the pencil crazy anyway. So it's like, yeah. skip the drugs. And it's like... <laughs> That's but they always advice, ask me, 
I said, look, the real drug is happy. Go find that. You know, that's a real drug. And everything else, uh, the other than that is an altered state. So if you want an altered state, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I'd say, I'd say, say no to drugs is what I'd say because uh, I don't like states that I can't, not control, but somehow that can take me over and then I, then I, I don't want that. So, um, yeah, anyway. And the stuff here that we're talking about is very simple. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. And it's not easy because there are, as you point out, there are systems that lock in other things. So now we got to the happy place. You're great. You're a miracle. Then you step off the bus. And within seconds, did you do your homework as well as Trudy over there? Who's got who we're pinning hers up on the wall. What about yours? You, you yeah. never get yours pinned up. And now there we're back be, into it. There could be parents listening that agree with everything you're saying. And then their response is that, yes. Yeah, but. You know, we live in a world that doesn't behave this way and therefore that philosophy you're living on you know isn't gonna yeah but 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 they're missing is that it's the double-mindedness thing so yes i got that do a good report do the best you can but it's not life and death right like and don't maybe, define yeah. yourself by a grade or by how you did on that thing well, yeah, and, th and then think about, as you know so well, I can define myself, I did by being the good kid who did really, really well, but I could have equally well, I guess, in another whatever, define myself as the kid who, who was defiant about every, every single thing, hated everything. Was, you know, I could have been that kid and gotten just as much jolly as out of it, probably. You know. Because you had a sense of your identity, who you were, what was important to you, what you loved. Yeah, this is uh, very, very egotistical. When I was a kid, I don't, I, I don't know how to say this not egotistically, so take it as you would. I felt that I was special. I felt that I was like sent here. Or so, I felt this sense of like divine. I thought, I thought I was like a wise. I thought, I thought I was wise. I mean, I was a child. I thought, well, how could I be wise? I'm like one foot tall. But something in me thought I, I kind of know something. You know, what? I don't know. A joy. No, I knew joy. I knew joy. I knew, hey, I'm here. This is it. The world is amazing. I mean, stuff is amazing. And then I got piled on me. You got a new well, you got to look good. You got to, and, and, you know, and then I thought, okay, then I, then I forgot mm -hmm. the initial sense of, you know, it's all a picnic. It's all, and, and, and I can easily say a pair of, well, it's all a picnic. You're not, you're not, you're not, you know, you get to flit around and see people for an hour and go, but I got to stay. I got to, I'm in the muck. I'm in the trench. Now my point is to the people who are in the muck and in the trenches, you need it more than I do. But in other words, you could be in the muck or the trenches, but that muck and trenches is your mind. It's not outside your own. It's nothing. It's all your mind. You could take a kid and your voiceover is, I hate them. They never do what I say. They're the problem. No, the problem is your mind. And until you get that it's your mind doing it and that the kid is outside your mind, and actually it's a separate existence altogether, entirely from you, altogether. And really want you to know that you see them as something outside your mind, not someone with a list of demands, which if they do them, then you'll like them better. Mm -hmm. And since you put the roof over their head and whatever, then they, they, they kind of want you to like them, you know? So, and you say, well, you know, guess what? Uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the world is full of pain, frustration, problems, all that. But guess what? Deep down inside, I haven't said this, it's kind of this fun, irreverent, larger than life, I guess, thing of, you know, I, I get to be joyful. If I'm having a bad day, do a picture. If I'm having a bad day, write a short story about a guy who's having a really bad day. You're having a bad day? Okay, be in a Nazi concentration camp in 1944. Write that story. And your bad day, just like, what happened to my bad day? Had a bad day, the bus driver, uh, you want bad day? I'll show you a bad day. And then you realize people 
have done way, have, have overcome way more than I am. And then you get teary-eyed about, my God, my poor, sorry, but little bad day. Ain't no, it's not nothing. It's just, it's just mewling around. Look at my navel. Bad day? You want bad day? Try, you know, 1858 Alabama on a farm picking cotton. Bad day. You know, bad day that goes forever. I mean, my God. Anyway, that's... So, so it isn't a distinction between, oh, you have it easy, whereas I don't because I'm with the kid 24-7 or whatever. No, no, the problem isn't the situation. Obviously, some situations are better and easier than other situations, but always your mind, the situation will have to come through your eyes, into your brain, through your mind. And the mind is what gives the story, which gives your behavior and your feeling about the day because you can't see the day. You can have a crappy situation and see that as, oh, okay, it doesn't hurt me at all. I could actually see going to jail, I hope I don't, for six months, if I could have a bed, a nice roommate, lots of books, uh, writing material, and, you know, like that. And I could, like, write a novel. And then, and then I'd have, you know, have an hour out to do push-ups and run, or, you know, and, and come out of there like on a, from a spa. And just come out and write stories about the inmate. You know, it's like... So it isn't just the, the, the circumstance. If it is just some circumstance, you will always, always be a slave. Even if you're making a million bucks, doing super well, you're always a slave. So let me jump in here because the message I'm hearing from you, it kind of sounds like we're going all over the place, but there's really a central theme yeah, here. Yeah, there's a central theme. You're, you're right. Which is the duality of uh, experiencing what the, the, the reality of your situation is with a duality of mind, uh, becoming aware of the thing that's happening around you isn't uh, you can choose to have that story be how you're internalizing it, or you can uh, make up your own mind about, uh, about the situation and and who you are and, and have, and play the game. Am I saying this? Uh... No, you are. And I, I would say another quick thing that, that is in line with that. We seem to be going all over the place, but we're not. We're not. We're actually orbiting one big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of the essences of school, so we're talking about a system uh, that is blind to itself in many respects and does harm in many respects and does a lot of good. I mean, there's a lot of good, obviously, coming out of school. But I would say at the core of it, uh, it wouldn't just be the arts, let's say, but it would be self-awareness. You know, self-awareness. My, my thing is I want you to be more self-aware. If you're more self-aware, you're going to make better choices. So my thing that I was telling you I don't know, a year ago, whatever, was there's garden variety thinking, just normal thinking. Um, you know, I got to do this. I should do that. I got to go to the market. Thinking. What do you think about the current political? Whatever? And then there's intellect, where you step back. I was a philosophy major, so I did a lot with the intellect. You know, what is reason? What did Plato say versus Aristotle? What's the difference between Plato, Plotinus, Aristotle, Socrates? So in other words, intellect. It's not just garden variety. But think. Use the tools of critical thinking. And So then there's thinking. Then above thinking to me is actually imagination. Hmm. Because I can, I can reason. You know, I, can, I can tell you all about Plato. And his difference between him and Aristotle. But there's something that I can imagine that goes beyond that. Because I can imagine, a, 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 you know, an, an afternoon where, where Plato is trying to, I don't know, uh, 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 tap his finger on a rock. I mean, I can imagine something beyond the, the, the rational. So imagination is, fills in more of the blanks. And then above that, all of that is awareness. 
And what's so weird? It's, it's being aware that your mind is thinking thoughts that you maybe don't want right now, or your mind isn't you. You're not your mind. It's just a mind. See, my awareness says, oh, you know, I'm living a story. I'm having to do well. I'm all of that. But you see, if you could train kids to have more awareness, then their circumstances wouldn't rule them because their mind wouldn't rule them. And then they could have more awareness and say, here's the starting point, kid. You're perfect as is. That part of you that is aware is perfect. So there's no amount of getting better. There's no amount of not being enough. Most of us carry shame anyway. And school is another name for often for shame. Mm -hmm. So how do we get, I'll get unshameful. I'll get, I'll get straight A's and I won't be shameful. That didn't work. I'll get a pretty girlfriend. That, then I won't be ashamed. I'm still ashamed. It's like it doesn't end until you really deal with it. So if awareness is the key and the starting point is you're fine as you are and you're a miracle and you're actually amazing and you're actually very interesting, period, then we add on circumstances. Then, but between the world, circumstances, and your amazement is your mind. See, that little thing is the mind. And that mind is, your mind is a joke. It's basically a joke. That thing to think is most you, your identity, that, that little voice in your head that says, do that, don't that, that's a joke. It's a, it's a, I, say, I, t- I tell kids, your thoughts are fish in an aquarium. Your head is an aquarium, and all those thoughts are just fish. So if you're feeling, having a bad thought, it's just a bad fish. Look at him, person. Check it out. It's an ugly. He's got stripes. He's got a beat-up face. Choose another fish. Well, it's not so easy. It is exactly so easy, except we don't think to do it, in which case it's not easy or hard. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But if you think, oh, wait, I could choose a different thought. You know, it's freaky. You know, I don't have to be me today. In fact, here's something for a kid. If your name is Jerry, today, secretly be Eddie. All day, you're Eddie. What does that mean? This means you're simply not whatever you are. And that's all you need. Just, oh, not me. Then you're going to see yourself. Oh, I would normally sit. I would. No, you're in. See, what you do, you, you, have, you not only have the idea, the basic idea that, that, or, that you've come from reality to get to, that, uh, a form of truth based on reality, but you also have a bag of tricks. Like, I got a bag of tricks. I'd, I'd actually have you do funny, goofy, goofy stuff. Say, oh, that's really kind of a goofy thing. And then, yeah, it is. And what, is it, what does it arrive at? It arrives at self-awareness. Because you're going to be smart and be completely not self-aware. Mm-hmm. Look at our president. I'm sorry to mention. I'm not sorry. I mean it. I hate that guy. Anyway, you can cut that, leave it in. I don't care. But the point is, if, if you disagree with me, it's your mind disagreeing anyway. You know, so cut me some slack. I'll cut you some slack and we'll have a better world. You know, people that disagree completely. Their minds are fighting their minds. It's like two dinosaurs, two Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Okay, step outside. I can still love you even though you completely disagree. Why? Because right. you're not that your whatever view you have it's just a view it's a view i hate you because you're standing over there on, on no it's a view you know standing next to the the, the, the mailbox i hate you because you're standing next to the mailbox that's about as dumb as that is anyway so what you're what you're really speaking to is what what as an executive function coach i talk about a lot which, Bingo. which is the flexibility of thinking and how to be a problem solver you need to employ your creativity and think from 10,000 different perspectives so that you're not a slave to your mind. You're not in the prison of your mind. That exactly. You step outside of it and um, through awareness, uh, act intentionally to explore who you are and be you unapologetically while playing the game and, and, you know, doing what you you should be doing, right? Uh, right? But in a way where you're not beating yourself up, 
because you could be getting the straight A's, you could get the job with the nice paycheck at the corner office with right. a big window, you could be the CEO, but if for your entire life you're just beating yourself up to achieve all those things, then you're not experiencing joy. And that's, I don't know, that like the highest form of being is to experience joy and share yeah, and it's also the highest form of of, of i think pers persuasiveness mm -hmm. you know i mean you can yell and scream at people but there's and you maybe you maybe enjoy that i don't know but there's some thing about there's some intuitive thing where i mean the best teachers i ever had in my life all seemed to be enjoying themselves. I mean, I had a guy named John uh, David Miller, who was my math teacher in high school. Kind of a genius. I'm very theatrical. This guy was the opposite. He's very calm, very quiet, but he was a genius. He, he, in the middle of algebra two, he'd stop and tell a story that was brilliant. I mean, my God, nobody, no one wanted to mess up or be out of turn in his class because they, we just, we just loved, we loved, we just loved Miller, and he was like a. It was like a genius. I mean, I had a high school math teacher, uh, just a genius. Told stories about being in the army, whatever. Just a, a brilliant. But, but also, the quickly, the, the thing on executive function, when I hear the phrase, I sometimes think of something very intellectual and very mm -hmm. critical thinking and all that. But I think what it really moves toward is just that thing called awareness, just self-awareness, ultimately. That when you are more self-aware, and then you added a very important point, intentionality. See, if I'm aware that I really am amazing, not because I'm a big deal, but, but just because people, things are amazing, it is my responsibility to live intentionally from that place, not to ignore the stunning, brilliant, passing awareness. So you want to take passing awarenesses and make them the anchor. What I was saying earlier, gee, at any moment, you could, you could have your natural resting state be joy. So if you're feeling anything but joy right now, stop and say, you know, think of the time you felt joy. Don't beat yourself up because you're not. Just think of, and I can, I can go instantly into joy right now. Think of a joy, just, and boom, I'm in joy. For a moment, just a moment, then, then I go back into the whatever, but from a place of joy. And people will feel and know the difference. If you come in and run a company, but you have to, you just spent five minutes in joy, you can you don't have to be leaping around and doing you know, but just be normal and it's like something's different about that guy or that woman. Something amazing. What do they do? I want to do what they're doing. And I think I think that's important because that uh, going back vital. To, yeah, literally vital. Going back to this whole conversation and reflecting back on it now because we've covered a lot of ground, but. Yeah. Like you said, we're circling around the same point. And what I'm hearing from you is your favorite teachers were the teachers who were passionate, who even if they weren't animated or theatrical, there was a sense of love. You respected them or you had a relationship or you felt good around them. They, and they, if, also, if I can jump in, because you're making a list there, that, yeah. uh, that they also didn't take themselves or things too seriously. Mm -hmm. I think that was like a core thing. It wasn't like everything's on the line here. Yeah. They weren't stressed. They were like, they could see past the subject to the kid. Mm. You know, they could see, hey, we're going to do this. And, and they had fun and they used their imagination and they made space and time alter. In other words, they could stop in the middle of something and do a whole new reframe of what they were talking about. And they could be, oh, that's brilliant. I'd never thought of that. And then an insight would, and then they'd give an insight right in the moment that was like, whoa, it was mind, 
you know, breathtaking, mind take. It was like an amazing insight because they were very present. They're not, not only, they were not only prepared, they were present and they had humor, always the humor that was self-effacing. And, and, and he, we were laughing all the time with Miller, but he didn't make fun of anyone. He made fun of himself, but, but, but he didn't care. It was fun. And then the stories, and then we'd learn algebra mm-hmm. and there was no stress or you know, it was, it was the they didn't they you know, didn't make algebra more important than, than the, the humanity kid. than the kid, right? And that's where I'm going is what is your relationship with the people who you want to influence or who influence you? What is your relationship with yourself? What is your relationship with the subject? And if at the core of those things there isn't love, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if the core of all those things is fear of punishment or um, you're doing something to get a goodie, get a cookie, get a grade, you know, get a good score on the test because then, you know, you'll feel good about yourself. Then, then there's something off there. And that's where, you know, this whole theme of, you know, how is this system actually inherently flawed and why should we value other things besides the grades and the test scores and the paychecks? Uh, that's really what I wanted to get out of this conversation. I think we did a Pretty good job of. Um, well, something else, something else. If I may, again, jump in because sure. because you you keep triggering thoughts. I don't think we need to burn the system to the ground. I don't think we need to, you know. I mean, it obviously needs change, but it changes through uh, through like we're saying awareness. Mm-hmm. I can't come into if I have a I don't know what higher awareness to, to sound arrogant. Um, I can't make you have my awareness. Right. And, and, and there's, it's like physics. For every action, there's an opposite but equal reaction. I could, with my wonderful creativity ideas, come into a school and piss off teachers who are frightened by what I basically say and make them way more entrenched. And I could light myself on fire and, you know, what, and, and, do, and, and, and even they'd be more entrenched and they'd sideline me as some wacko maniac, whatever. However, if I'm aware of the double-mindedness, then I can blow the thing up, quote, unquote, from the inside. Mm-hmm. Have my own sense of joy, my own sense of whatnot, and by example, and only by example, not by trying to make you, by example, being a happy teacher, having fun, being creative, being less stressed out. When Then people who get that there's something special, because I'm not all grousing in the lunchroom all the time or how about bad Jennifer is and Eddie, but I'm not doing that. But I'm, I'm, I'm working on a hobby during lunch. I got this incredible stamp or I'm making a giant paper mache dinosaur when I'm teaching math has nothing to do with math, but it could. They say, oh, so, so either the, so you will attract the people who are tracked by you. And so if you come from your joy mm-hmm. without having to, see, I guess my point also is the double minus is I don't have to I could maybe do a TED talk or you could and say, look, what the system means is this. And then wow people and they do it because they're tuned into it and they're on the same wavelength. But if I'm in a school system, I don't have to declare war on everybody who isn't me. I can say, look, I'm doing my thing. And, and I can say, I can acknowledge where they are. You know, it's okay if you don't, and I would often say that if you don't want to do this stuff, I know I, I don't want to say, I'm a, I'm a little crazy, a little nuts. I'd always say that up front. So they'd realize, oh, he gets how he comes off. And he says, I don't have to. See, the best permission I can give you is you don't have to do any of this stuff at all. In fact, don't. I forbid you. How's that? You know, then, but when you look over and we're laughing, ha, 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 and test scores are going up and kids are happy, then wouldn't you want a piece of that? Because if you don't, I can't talk to you. 
all I can say is whatever you're doing, just be love. I great, whatever. If it works, good. If it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, it's like that. So changing the system from the inside, mm -hmm. uh, from us, and it's not just the schools; it's all of that. You know, if you, if because it all like prisons, schools, absence of fathers, lousy tax system, all of the healthcare. It's all of that is one ball of. You know, I'm scared and I want to hunker down and you can't have what I have and I'm going to make sure that others won't get it either. I mean, that's basically the heart of yeah. all the bad systems, isn't it? And I the guess rich to wrap up, this, you know. yeah, I, the reason why I really wanted to have this conversation is that it's to, it's to kind of end it on this note of yes. all the systems that govern our lives. Um, school is that first system that you're exposed to one of the first that you're exposed to as a young kid and if the message to kids is you have to do well in order to succeed in this system you're tacitly accepting the fact that all the systems we have are great the status quo is great and your goal is to succeed inside these systems right. so that you can benefit from them and, and have a good life. And my goal is to disrupt these systems so that we can truly redesign them, reimagine them. And if a student is going through the, uh, going through the motions and being a good student, we're, we're kind of telling them like, this is the way it is. This is the status quo and you need to fit the mold because this is how the world works. This is how the systems are set up now, and you need to contort yourself to fit into this system or else you won't survive. Um, and, you know, we, 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 we quietly give this message to kids. It's, it's subconscious, right? By telling them, like, well, you need to get good grades and then get a good job because that's where your value comes from. And these, this is the way the world works. So the failure of schools is the failure of, of imagination where we're not teaching kids to become aware of the system that governs them so that they can recreate it and continue to evolve it so that they can make a better world. We're teaching them the opposite that you better learn how to get along and, and get this stuff done because you have to fit yourself into the system. So I, you know, I'm not saying burn it all down, but I'm saying reimagine it. It really triggers something interesting, I think interesting, and that is when you, because when you said disrupt the system, I had an interest, an instant, an instant reaction to that. You know, the, it's like that equal but opposite reaction. Right. And I, I used a different word from disrupt, uh, which is dissolve. Mm. And something made a difference, a felt difference. In other words, disrupting it means to me maverick get out there be a be be um, on the on the offensive and you know be a real pain in the ass and be basically a human um gallstone or, or or kidney stone if you've ever had one of those you know what i mean um and i think okay i don't think that's going to work I mean, because if it because it, it would have if it would have you know but 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 the other the idea of dissolving a system it's like what a, a woman said once to Abraham Lincoln, we should kill our enemies. And, and Lincoln said, isn't that what we do when we make, a, when we make them our friends? Mm. Now, I'm not saying by make them our friends, we should acquiesce to systems which unconsciously, systematically hurt people, which they do. 
Uh, but what I'm saying is, is there a way of rather than disrupting, a way of dissolving by example? So in other words, listen, I come in and I'm not going to, I just, I'm going to be what I am within a system. But what you'll notice is certain rules and walls just melt away. They just, because who gives a piss? Because they melt away. And what happens, whoa, somebody says, that's really cool. What is he, what do, what do you do? That's, and then it grows. Oh, that's cool. And now I can honor your resistance. But I can say, you know, I just do what I do when it really works. And you might want to ask me, what are you doing in this that really works? Because I know, and have me explain it. Well, here's my new system, which is antithetical to your system because it has a different heart and soul. It's this. So if you're asking me, because you want to know that, and you picked up on and then this thing disrupts. Because why? Because news travels, hopefully. And good stuff becomes good stuff. Otherwise, it's like, so it's like, it's like, and political stuff. You could say these people are bad, these are right. But, but if I say, what are you, what are you to the to my opponent? I say, what are you really afraid of? And really get, what are you afraid of? And really listen. Maybe they feel heard, and then they 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 dissolve, or, or they say, well, God, you really maybe 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 it's not A versus B. Maybe there's a C that's like, I really hear you, and and then, because the truth is, we're all at different levels of this. I, I, you have an enormous amount of experience. I have an enormous amount of experience in countless classrooms listen, and listening to countless conferences and thinking about this forever that others don't have. So I sort of swoop in and say, I have the answer. You're all wrong. No, instead, I'd like to say, let me show you how to take five minutes and do a really cool thing with this kid drawing a picture to learn algebra. Let me just, would you like that? Yes, good. Here it is. Would you not? Fine. Don't lie. Because I don't care. I am the birthday party. I'm not going to the party. You know, I am the party. Want some cake and ice cream? Great. Have some. I'm here. If you don't, tough. And I've learned that through hard, hard experience. It's the people who get what I like and love it, get it and like it. And the people who don't, I, I, I can't, you know, what, what am I going to say to them? Because they'll instantly turn me into some caricature, some wacko. They'll, they'll find a reason to hate me. Oh, that Yulia, ah, she's got that love. And what is that executive? What a, I tried. I hate that. I hate that. And then they can go around just hating. And, then, and also, you're not there to, to give your side of it. So they're quietly peeing in the swimming pool. Mm. Good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, you know, I just, I thought that was really cool. I tried that. I, I didn't, I, at first I was scared or at first I didn't think good or, or the administration won't let me or the, or the, or the superintendent hates creative but then i try i notice that jimmy's really loving see and if you can't trust your own eyes and have it connected to your heart then I, there's nothing i can say if you can't look at a kid and they're happy see my thing is not smart it's happy and smart you know like i said earlier fun and service so kid my simple thing if i were a parent would be uh you know how do you have fun not everything's fun i got that but how do you find the fun of it? And how do you make it more fun, even a little bit? And secondly, what's your motivation for everything? If your motivation is, I want to earn a lot of money and have a good job, then go enjoy hell. Just enjoy a really comfortable hell. But if it's, I want to find out what I love to do and, 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 and be productive in the world, you're going to earn money or you'll learn something more important, which is that you're, you're a happening dude or dudess than... You know, it takes work. You know, it it it, it takes it, it takes work because it doesn't take work. You know. Anyway. 
<laughs> so you end up dissolving it maybe more than disrupting. I don't know. That's my, that's my thought. So. Well, that, that, that's intriguing because the, the difference for me in the felt sense of the two words is that if I'm coming to disrupt, I'm coming at it from a place of me versus you. And right. I'm coming at it with an agenda. Right. I'm going to change the system versus if I'm showing up as my best self as an yeah. example, yes. then I get to just be me and be joy Bingo. and do it. And then whoever is influenced by that, my example will follow and we can build a movement. Yeah. And I think that's a very important piece ever on the same wavelength. And, and you know that better than anyone because you've gone in zillions of homes you can tell if somebody's on the same wavelength, or you can tell you can tell if somebody's faking also. You know, on the same wavelength, and you're only going to move people on the same wavelength. People who like candidate X are on that wavelength, and people like candidate Y on that. Like, there's some edges, and you can they're not sure what, but but people are gung ho. It's a wavelength. I can't change somebody politically. Yeah. I could be use my best argument, but what is that? It's like. And then I said, okay, fine. Then you do you and I'll do me and, you know, and, and then, but I'll respect you and hopefully you respect me. But again, I can't control you. So you can hate my guts. And guess what? Like I said earlier, let's say it hits you. Your parents hate you and wish you were never born. Terrible, draconian, miserable. Why? <laughs> Why? It doesn't, you know, think of a little marble that's in the, so that's in the center, a little, a little ball, a little ball maybe. It's inviolate. It can't be broken. Or it's, and it's called love and it's called infinite and it's called God or it's called peace or it's called whatever, whatever good is. And nobody can hurt it. Nobody can A, take it from you and no one can destroy it and no one can penetrate it. And no one, so bad news, good news, nothing can touch that little part of you that's the, what I call the irreversible bounce back point. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to stay a kid in the bad. The good, things about, the good thing about a kid is they have, they have, it's going to say wonder, but then I said wisdom. They have wisdom, the wisdom of wonder and fun and play, and they track for fun and play and happy. That's genius. The downside of children is you got somebody who's angry and petulant and wants to break everything and hurt everything. That's a kid also, but they're not a happy kid. They're a very destructive kid. So some kids are resident in 50-year-olds who are very destructive. So it isn't just kids are all... All the kids can be mean, like you pointed out. Think of it. So it's not just the kid; it's the the kid who's in touch with the wonder of it all. Kid who's curious, who's just curious about everything, and self-reflective and self-aware. And then you got gangbusters executive function. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you have an, other, Otherwise, if you don't have that, then you're going to have an angry kid. Kid. Who's, who's, I hate this. I, and they're still a kid. They're still five. Mm -hmm. But they want to, you know, a lot of angry, there are a lot of angry five-year-olds out there just going to traffic. You see them everywhere you go. Angry five. They haven't learned that, you know, okay, what do they want? They want, you know, they want to win or they want to get more. And, you know, if you're playing the game of more, you, you're never going to get it. If you play the game of God or the game of peace, then, then and by God, I don't mean some narrow-minded strict that i don't mean that i mean the like the opposite i mean it's like it's just some sense of peace that we all know that we all know and if you have to wonder what makes me happy then then go i don't know what to say to you there's nothing to say mm -hmm. anyway i think we i think we've talked it all through i mean <laughs> you can you can find and you can pare this all down into something really amazing that i'd love to hear so hopefully
Uh, so we'll see how that works. We have a good, uh, I want to say, three hours of content here. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I want to, again, again, congratulations to you for doing this because this is really, really cool. I always get the sense talking to you that it's like, it's like freedom. I want to say falling off a cliff. It's like this, it's just this free fall. It's like this, you know. Yeah. It's same, amazing. Same here. Thank you so much, John, for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your childlike wonder of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>